on ABC Radio. This is The Big Fish with Scott Levi. Ahoy there, welcome aboard another episode of The Big Fish. And this morning we take you to Cod's own country where the mighty Murray Cod are biting and fighting and really on. It's on fire at the moment on the Macquarie. We'll catch up with Maddie Hansen at Dubbo to find out what's going on with our beautiful native fisheries right around New South Wales. That's our first cast on The Big Fish. It's The Big Fish and The Big Cod are biting. They are going off in the Macquarie River and the good residents of Dubbo are catching magnificent natives and letting them fight another day, letting them swim away. And many are having a crack at the Murray Cod Mega Bucks Tournament. And the brains behind it, Matty Hansen from Dubbo. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Scott. This is a fantastic idea. Tell us all about it. Well, the Murray Cod Mega Bucks, we ran it as a bit of a trial oh, back in 2017. And this year we, we had three independent tackle stores come on board. We put together a pretty cool little prize pool. So $10,000 cash for the biggest cod, three grand for second, two grand for third. There's six angle fridges to be given away by a lucky draw and also in mystery lengths. And then we've got $6,000 worth of tackle for mystery lengths. So pretty simple. We started a, a Facebook um, group, which people are welcome to join. It's called Murray Cod Megabucks on Facebook. So all you've got to do is... Um, Join that group, sign up to the comp, it's $20 a head. And uh, just the only prerequisite is that you're a responsible cod fisher. So we launched it with the uh, the opening of cod season on December 1st. And we had no idea how it was going to go. And 500 people entered the competition, um, you know, in the space of a few days. There's been 99 uh, Murray cod caught and released. So the... The way the comp runs is you've got to have a photo of the fish on the mat with your fishing licence or a 50-cent piece with the activation code on it. And then so you take a photo of your fish on the brag mat and then you have to have a release video. So it ensures catch and release and sustainable fishing. And some of the videos on the page, like I just love it, you know, getting home from work or at the end of the weekend and just scrolling through the um, the Murray Cod Megabucks Facebook page, watching all these kids and mums and dads and everyone catching and releasing these great cod. So let's have a little listen to the audio, and I'll try to uh, uh, bleep out the uh, expletive. <laughs> Video on? Yep. So caught my PB. Spin him around. There you go. Hey, big fella. Have you ever seen a kid more excited about catching a fish? I mean, seriously, they and they have that effect on you. They're so big, they're so beautiful. Oh, mate, they are so iconic and so precious. Um, They're just a beautiful fish with that mottled, beautiful pattern and, you know, a real apex predator. They'll readily belt a lure. The guys have been catching them on surface lures and baits and subsurface, uh, you know, uh, bibbed lures. And, yeah, look, we've had some some anglers reporting, um, you know, over 20 natives in a session. Um, others, you know, getting a good dozen fish. And uh, that's the other part of the comp is that anything 55 centimetres and up is being entered in the competition because nine mystery length prizes. So 
doesn't matter if you get a 57 or a metre 7, you're in the running for a win. Yeah, it's also a great opportunity to educate people, isn't it? I know you've got a. obviously this is all fun and people can just enjoy it for what it is, but it's also a great opportunity to, to engage with inland anglers, and there, but there are thousands of them. Oh, mate, it is, it's, and that's the whole reason. Like, you know, people say, oh, Matt, what are you doing it for? Like, we're not doing it for a quid. I've got a real job. Our committees, are, we've all got real jobs, but um, to have this conduit and a platform to engage with, you know, there's two and a half thousand people in the Murray Cod Megabucks Facebook group now and we get to have active conversations around the Murray Cod closed season and why um, protecting breeding fish is important. We can talk about stocking. We can talk about um, the importance of habitat, fish screen, um, awareness around trout cod and endangered species and how to identify a trout cod as opposed to a Murray Cod. So in terms of an educational platform, um, I'm just so proud of the, the sense of community that, that the Murray Cod Megabucks has got around it now because, um, you know, people are holding fish properly, releasing fish properly. Um, it's just a, a really, you know, good thing that inland waterways can be proud of, Scotty. It's the big fish with Matthew Hansen from Ozfish Unlimited and inland waterways, uh, the Mega Cod Megabucks. And uh, let's have another listen to a release. And he doesn't say much this bloke because... He's holding up a huge cod. He's caught it out of a kayak. And how good is that to kayak down, you know, getting them around the snags where you're a PFD, of course. Make sure you've got the life jacket on because it can be really dangerous in a flowing river. Uh, more people drown in the rivers than the, the sea, don't they? Um, but here's Nick Fleming. He's got a beautiful little setup with a kayak. And this fish, you listen to how frisky it is. He doesn't say much because he's grunting to hold her up and put her back in the water. Hold up a second. Good to go. Quick. He's yep. got to jump. <laughs> oh, I see it take off. <laughs> yeah. That was a great release video from Flemo. Flemo's actually a really, a really good mate of mine. He's from Molong and uh, he came up to Dubbo and uh, I dropped the boys uh, just out of town and they, they kayaked about... Uh, Oh, probably a good six or eight kilometres yesterday. I think they got uh, six cod and, and two really nice yellow belly. That, uh, that 80 centimetre one was the cream of the crop. But, it was so uh, fat, Matt. It was, and right next to the bank, he got it on an orgy plough, and he said he, he cast up right tight to the bank, two turns on his bait caster, and boof, he just got smoked. And, um, yeah, released beautifully. That was a good big old fish, that one. It uh Certainly was broad across the shoulders, mate, wasn't oh, it? Oh, had a bigger gut than I've got, Matt. And it took off like a, a scalded cat. And, and, and when you hook one of those big ones, when you see the big boils rise to the surface from that giant paddle of a tail and you just realise you're onto a bulldozer, you know, you've just got to hang on. And on a kayak, unfortunately, they can get you into the snags because you can't stop them unless it's one with the, the pedal back things. You're virtually uh, at their... Will, aren't you? They take oh, you around. You are. You are. That one towed Flemo around when he, he got it out and away from the structure on the edge of the bank and um, it was towing him around in the kayak around the pool until he got it and then Lucky Roddy was there, our other good mate, and the kayak beside him and he helped him pull his kayak up, up the side and they uh, they got their uh, photo on the uh, the measuring mat and, uh, and that great release video. But 
you know, the, the Murray Cod Megabucks Facebook page is just full of that stuff. If you love Murray Cod fishing and, and native fishing, um, you can just sit there and go through, you know, well, it's only been, five, you know, five or ten days now that the comm's been running and it's, the page is just loaded with, with these release videos. It's a fisherman's dream to sit there and just go through all the release videos. It's pretty good value. It is. It's the big fish, but you see in that video with your mate how to release a big cod. Um, and if you can't lift it, just, um, you know, maybe just put the, I don't know, put the mat right close to the bank and just slide it up the mud onto it or something and then, you know, let it go like that because you've got to keep, you don't hang them by the jaw. You've, and I think those bass anglers in America have been very detrimental for catch and release because they hang those big bass by the jaws all the time. They hold them by the mouth. You can't do that with cod, can you? No, and that's something we're really trying to keep out of the Australian fishing culture. Look, we've worked so hard, um, you know, as a community around our fish handling. And, you know, just a general rule of thumb, if you wouldn't do it to your toddler, don't do it to a fish. There's no way that you'd pick, um, you know, a child up by the neck. And if you do that to a cod, it perforates and tears the gills. They might still swim off okay, but it tears all those precious membranes and all that tissue in the gill area and it, it would be a terrible way to go so the comfort lift is always a good thing and um you know not keeping them out of the water too long i, I did a, a talk at the cephala carp blitz with the kids uh you know just a just a week or two ago and i explained it to them that um if you just run a running race and then you were asked to hold your breath and your heart was racing, would you be able to hold your breath very long? And the kid said, no, no, you wouldn't. And I said, well, there's the golden rule of thumb. Never keep a fish out of the water for longer than what you could hold your breath after doing a running race. And the kids all went, yeah, no, that absolutely makes sense. So uh, that's the, the whole, you know, the messaging we're trying to pass on, comfort lifting of fish, not hanging them by the jaw, um, not putting them on hot surfaces because that protective coating of slime, that membrane, on the fish is what's protecting them from infection and learning a worm and all those sorts of things. So wet the brag mat first. Don't put them on a hot carpet in the boat. Um, make sure it's a nice cool surface that you're putting the fish on and getting them back in the water. Keep them in the landing net beside the boat if you can so that they can um, breathe while you're getting your camera ready or you're getting your, your, your pliers or your tools ready. Lift them in, quick de-hook on the mat, quick photo, and off they go, and they just released beautifully, Scotty. Was Dusty at the Cephala Carp Muster? Dusty cleaned up at the Cephala Carp Muster, <laughs> and Dusty is cleaning up in the Murray Cod Megabucks. He got a 75-centimetre cod on fly. Well, he, he won that trip with Peter Morse, didn't he, with his he dad, and, and Morsey put him onto a, a, a big cod in the uh, his first-ever cod on fly in the Macquarie catchment. We won't get too specific. And beautiful clear water part of the river with lots of cobblestones and just looks like a, a trout stream, really. It's just gorgeous. And here's a little bit of Dusty's release. I found him on the Murray Cod Mega Bucks Facebook page, and he's just a gun. He just loves it. He does. There you go. How's that? That was good. <laughs> There he is. He was really good on the air. I'll have to get Dusty back on the air. He's such a good kid, and his dad's a great bloke 
too, and they just live for the fishing around your neck of the woods. Well, anywhere they're, they're biting, really, but they're really biting, too. I know Guesty's out there at the moment. Guesty knows where to go when they're on. The grapevine's buzzing, and you'll find him there. He just loves catching big fish, and if he's out there, they're on, I reckon. Oh, I know. Guesty's out here fishing as we speak with a very good mate of mine, Wayne Gilbert, um, who's he's uh, having a really good crack, you know, casting those orgy plows and surface lures. I think him and Harrow got 23 fish in a session um, in the pre-fish waiting for his mate Michael Guest to get out here. So <laughs> I think they've, uh, they've hit the nail on the head in terms of timing. The river's clear. Um, the flow's good. It's just so good to see um, the river alive like this and people getting out, getting away from the screens. Uh, a bit of vitamin N, vitamin nature. And, uh, mate, the kids and the mums and dads are absolutely loving it. Dusty's onto something. Dusty Squibb is onto something. Catching them on fly rod is just extraordinary. Uh, it is so much fun. And they see a lot of lures. They're very smart fish. You know, it's funny because... Uh, even a small, slim fly pattern. I caught one about, I don't know what length it was, probably 70 centimetres or so, you know, a good 25-pounder on a, on a small rabbit fur zonka strip, size 8 hook that it inhaled right down to the back of its throat. You know, it didn't hurt it. I mean, it's none the worse for wear when I let it go. But um, they'll, they'll take things that they haven't seen too. Once there have been a few lures through the snag, a fly is a good alternative. And, boy, it's hand-to-hand combat. It really is. You just point the fly rod at them. You don't high stick, and you just hang on with your other hand and just play them like a hand line. Oh, mate, it, it is such a fantastic thing to do. And, you know, to see Dusty and, you know, even myself, I cut my teeth fly fishing, sight fishing for carp at the Cephala Carplets with um, Kenny Smith and Cole Gordon and such an adrenaline rush. And now Dusty's really starting to get a handle on Catching caught on fly. Kenny Smith caught them well over a metre on fly. Another very accomplished fly fisher. But um, you've just got to love it that, you know, you've got your lure fishermen, you've got your surface lure fishermen, you've got your fly fishermen. And then I, when I, my son and I went fishing on the weekend. We were bait fishing. We caught a couple. Then we watched this guy wind one in down down the river and um, went past. said, good fish, mate. I said, what'd you get it on? And he goes, a Frankfurt. I said, a Frankfurt? <laughs> You caught one on a Frankfurt. I've heard of catching them on cheese, but you got one on a Frankfurt. Well, I'll be. <laughs> Hot dog. <laughs> Hot dog. <laughs> uh, and, and, yeah, cheese is, is very popular. We've, gee, we've had some hot debates on the big fish about why they take cheese. Uh, many suggest that the shrimp come down and start feeding on the cheese and then they gobble up the whole lot. Others suggest that they just like cheese. Yep, no, mate. We've had that same debate in my tinny many a time. My um, my little eleven-year-old wanted to go for a fish after seeing all the uh, the fish on the Murray Cod Megabucks Facebook page. He said, "Come on, Dad, we've got to go for a fish." And it was eleven o'clock on Sunday morning. I thought, "Oh, well, look, you know, timing's not really right, but we'll go and give it a whirl in the tinny." So I just quickly grabbed a block of cheese at Aldi. Threw in two two rods, didn't even check how they were rigged, and we just went downstream a little bit, found a willow, and I just went plop and plop this tiny little cube of cheese under the willow, and Cooper, my son, just threw one straight out the back of the boat, and I went whoop, and I went, oh, that's a decent fish, it's taking line. Here, Coop, wind this one in. And as he's winding in this 80-centimetre cod, the bait caster wedged between his legs is gone off as well, so he's got a double hook up, so we've got them both in the net. <laughs> 
and, uh, and and let them go. And he was just, his mind was blown. His little eyes popped out of his head. And I said, you like that, mate? He was just, yeah, that was great, Dad. It was just so good to experience <laughs> with your kid, you know. And it's always good when you can take a few biscuits and eat the bait. Absolutely. No, absolutely good to have a couple of refreshments as you're going. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's, it's great. It's bringing us all together. And, uh, yeah, from pe- people on any Cod River right across New South Wales can be part of this. Um, it, it's a great initiative, Matty. Thanks for telling us about it. And, gee, I might give it a crack myself. Good on you, mate. Thanks for having us on The Big Fish, Scott. It's the big fish, and we're big on safety at the big fish. We want to make sure you get to fish another day. And rock fishing is the most dangerous sport in Australia. Can you believe it? And Gary Sullivan cut his teeth rock fishing on the central coast of New South Wales and all of those fabulous rock shelves. It's a great place for rock fishing. But he's, well, I wouldn't say he's that that old, but he's getting on a little bit. (laughs) And he's just realised that the old knees and the balance and all the rest of it could have him going into the ocean. So, Gary, you've really fallen in love with beach fishing and you never liked beach fishing is that right yeah i have yeah i've uh, i've learned that it's actually very relaxing and very peaceful very enjoyable the wind doesn't seem to affect me as much um i can go to the closest beach i want or i can go to a long one i can walk a long way or i can walk a short way i can uh, take a nice cold drink with me and i can just even take a bucket to sit on so i can relax <laughs> but uh, i don't have to worry about dodgy waves i don't have to worry about uh, jumping across gulfs and all that sort of stuff and constantly looking at the ocean to see what's coming next so i found it very relaxing and very enjoyable and when there's a decent fish or two thrown in, that makes it even better still. Well, our mate Glenn, who was on the program last week, sent me a photo of you holding a really lovely dewy, about a metre long? It was a metre 20, yeah. Wow, yeah. that's a good dewy, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is, yeah. You're just yeah, a huge a fellow. Fish. See, it looked looks small. <laughs> it, uh, it was well over legal, I, I knew that. But that yeah. was off the beach. And as you say, we've got really long beaches in your neck of the woods. Then, we've got and beautiful little coves and little tiny beaches. You can take your pick, can't you? You can. Look, you can you can have a look at the conditions and you can find a place that suits you. Even if you've got a nor'easter blowing very strongly, there's places you'll be able to find where you can still fish. If there's a southerly blowing, there's places that are sheltered mm. and take a long time before the swell comes up enough to affect them. So there's plenty of places from right down south of Kilcare right up to sort of Catherine Hill Bay. And, and yeah, that's, that's one, one thing about this coastal stretch of the central coast where I now live. I grew up at Lake Macquarie and, and the beaches there are long and windswept yeah. uh, from Blacksmiths to Redhead. You know, there's not much shelter, but here there's lots of different angles, lots of north facing, lots of south facing, lots of nooks and crannies, yeah. lots and lots of character to the coastline. It's a more rugged coastline, isn't it? So the beaches are more protected. But 120 centimetre mulloway that you caught. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I went down with a mate, actually, who's been catching a few fish. And uh, he showed me what he was doing. And uh, it's the first time I'd been beach fishing for a while because I kind of um, had this thought in my mind, oh, no, I don't really want to beach fish. I'll just fish mm. in the boat and I'll just, you know, I can mm. do that. And the rocks, well, that's a little bit dicey now. I'm mm. not quite as nimble as I used to be. But uh, this guy's been catching some nice fish. So um, I went down with him. And I think we got eight dewfish when I went with him. Seven of them were uh, throwbacks. But one of them was a nice fish, and I thought, man, that was so enjoyable. Mm. So I went back again, and I got a nice one myself, actually. So, uh, yeah, it's great to catch them again. We used to catch lots of them. So what were you using, ganged hooks and, and pilchards or live no, tail? I was actually or? using beach worms. 
Oh, right, right. Yeah, this is amazing, isn't it? Um, a lot of people would think, how would a, such a big fish be caught on such a small bait? And how do you get such a small bait on a hook that will t- catch such a big fish? Yeah, well, if you look at a beach worm, they're pretty long. When, mm. Particularly if you get a king worm. They're so you quite put the long. whole worm on, do you? Not necessarily. Uh, like, I'm using about a 7 ale. Mm-hmm. And I load the hook up with worms. So there's little ends hanging off and it's loaded up. And right. um, it's something that I think the Jewies actually like to chase along the mm. beach over the flats. And um, They sniff them out. Yeah, there was actually a story of a guy who was uh, skin diving and he was watching some Jews actually working as a team. One of them was going along the top over the sand flats on a high tide and rubbing its uh, like it's the base of itself on the sand. Mm. And as we know, they stink to fish. Yeah. And and the others were coming in behind because the worms were then poking their heads up, and they were actually having a feed on the worms, sucking them out of the sand. Yeah, grabbing them out of the sand. So that's amazing. And so this was the stink bait was a live dewy, yeah. which have that very distinct sort of. Dewy smell. Some of the old timers in the estuaries, yeah. you know, reckon late at night when the, the tide's right and the tide, top of the tide just stops and the dewy start to come out to chase mullet and things, that you can actually smell that uh, sort of ammonia aroma. You can actually I've, smell a dewy. 100%. I've, I've talked to a few old timers who've told me they can even smell it on the beach. Yeah. So whether it's true or it's a tall tale, I don't know. Isn't that amazing? But yeah. that, 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 I mean, I don't know if there's scientific evidence scientific evidence to support the guy's observation, but yeah. it's an incredible thing if it's true, isn't it? I oh, mean, it's amazing. It's yeah. amazing. So they do love beach worms. They do. But yeah. what doesn't love beach worms? Oh, or fresh squid, yeah. or live bait, or a side It's an interesting of thing. You know, you get those individually frozen pilchards in the bag, yeah. which are very convenient yeah. and, and very easy to use. And I've been fishing this one beach gutter for a long time and catching brim and whiting and tailor and flathead and salmon and all the usual species. And I said to a mate, you know, I should have caught a, a mulloway by now at that spot. It's a nice deep gutter where a little coastal lagoon runs out. Um, there's always a good good hole there. There's always good action. There's always good run. And I've never caught a mulloway. He said, do you use those individually frozen pilchards from the uh, server? I said, yeah. He said, well, buy the old block. I said, oh, we used to get the block. Before those IQF or whatever they're called pilchards, we had the block pilchards. So I bought a block of pilchards. And, you know, they're a pain because you've got to break them off and they break yeah. up all the time. You've got to defrost you got to it. Here. Yeah, yeah. And, and anyway, I went through the whole process, had a, then bagged those up and took them down. And my son got a 50-centimetre mulloway. That's unreal, isn't it? That's amazing. And we, we, yeah. I had never caught one yeah. at that spot for, for 10 years. And how good do they look when you bring them oh, straight out of the water? Gorgeous, particularly off the beach. They're really yeah. silvery, aren't they? They are. They're beautiful-looking yeah. fish, yeah. Well, Doesn't matter am- what size. That's amazing, Gary. So you reckon you're hooked on the beach fishing now? You've given up the rocks? Well, I've actually just been uh, repairing a couple of beach rods and shaking the dust off them. Are you an Alvey man? Or a, I am. A- I love Alvies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, look, I had a, a go with the thread line and... No. Nah, give me an Alvy any day. Oh, I love the Alvy. <laughs> so There's do I. just nothing as good as the Alvy. There's they not. Just... You've got full control yeah. over the fish. It's, you don't have to worry about drags. And no. I mean, they just keep working. You can't kill them. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, they can they can sit in the sand. You, I don't like mm. doing that, but they can. They still keep working. You know. How yeah. easy are they to service? I mean, you oh, just simple. unscrew the, the the knob and put yep. a bit of grease in there and that's give it a spray with a hose and put it back together. That's as simple as it is. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh, well, keep going, mate. Thanks yeah. for telling your story. And uh, no worries at all. It looks like you've uh, been converted to a beach fisherman. Well, for a while, yeah. I still enjoy the boat too. <laughs> Tight lines, Gary Sullivan. Good idea. Well, now take 
down your fishing pole and meet me at the fishing hole. We may not get a bite all day, but don't you rush away. What a great place to rest your bones and mighty fine for skipping stones. You'll feel fresh as a lemonade setting in the shade. Whether it's hot, whether it's cool. Oh, what a spot for whistling like a fool. What a fine day to take a stroll and wander by the fishing hole. I can't think of a better way to pass the time of day. We'll have no need to call the road when we get to the fishing hole. There'll be you, me, and old dog Trey to do the time away. Don't hook a perch or bass. We'll cool our toes in dewy grass, or else pull up a weed to chaw and maybe set and jaw. Hanging around, taking our ease, watching that hound, us scratching at his flea. Come on, take down your fishing pole and meet me at the fishing hole. I can't think. Of a better way to pass the time of day. The Big Fish with Scott Levi on ABC Radio. Here comes Stinker with his fishing tips. Some hot advice for your fishing trip. Where to find him? What's the bait? Are you catching any, mate? Good morning, Stinker. <laughs> I tell you what we have to do before we launch into this great adventure, this great chat about tales of Tommy Rock. We have to do a million disclaimers. Don't go rock fishing. Don't go rock fishing. Don't go rock fishing. Yeah, that's it. Yep. <laughs> because it's dangerous. It's dangerous. It uh, if you don't know, don't go. But, gee, now that we've got that out of the way, fishing Tommy Rock, what an adventure. What an adventure over a lifetime of fishing in Port Stephens. It's um, given me more excitement than I really need. But like you said, um, don't do as I say. <laughs> don't do as I tell you to do because talking about Tommy Rock um, could be considered dangerous in, in some people's minds. But because you get experience at it, I really have taken all probability into consideration and I and I feel as though I've got all bases covered but it's not for everybody but what it has provided me with Scott since 1975 which was my first trip to Tommy Rock has been the most exciting fishing adventure of a lifetime well you took me there once and it's a real expedition. First of all, you've got to take the boat through this wild channel and then, then in between the, the, the rock and the, and the land and the wild sea, and then you park her up into a tiny little crevice in, in the rock, like a rock pool, but you've got to get the exact tension right at the bow line and the stern line so the boat goes up and down in the hole with the wave surge and not side to side and gets beaten to bits. Well, that's it. And you've got to have your, right, your rope taut so that it doesn't go sideways. But as you enter that rock pool, you've got to sometimes push yourself off. You get within a metre. You're travelling within a metre of the rock 
Uh, and so sometimes you need to just stretch out and push yourself off the rock so that you don't bump into the rock. And then once you get into the rock pool, then you um, throw a, an anchor up off the nose of the boat and then another one back off the back of the boat over the motor and then you jump out and then tighten those two ropes so that if the boat is quite safe in there, particularly if the tide is dropping and because then the ropes get tighter. But it rides, it rides up and down on the surge and you think it's going to get smashed into the rocks. And if you get that, and we spend a lot of time getting it exactly right because if you don't, the boat will, will bust in half. <laughs> well, it'll get a few dents in it, which it, all, which it has. I mean, it's been banged up on the rocks. But particularly old stink pots. Remember, this is the son of stink pots that I've got now. But old stink pots are sitting in the shed down halfway down my driveway with a big smile on his face, I must say. But by golly, it's had some scars over the years. It's been donged around. It's like a jam tin that's used for practice. Well, we, we were in the old stink pot when we went. We were in the old stink pot where you had to put your toes in holes in the bottom to keep the water from coming out like a fountain. But uh, all the rewards were worth it. And going way, way back, 50 years ago, um, when I first went over there. But then I decided, rather than to swim to this rock, I would take stink pot into the into the rock pool and then see there the three rocks. There's uh, one, two, three. Um, three really um, inhospitable outcrops. Uh, from north to south, Tommy Rock 1, Tommy Rock 2, and Tommy Rock 3. Now, in between Tommy Rock 1 and 2 and 2 and 3, there's a channel. Um, so when you get onto Tommy Rock 1, you can dive off Tommy Rock 1 and swim onto Tommy Rock 2, and then you can fish off Tommy Rock 2. Or, as I have done, I've jumped in and swum across onto Tommy Rock 3 and fished off there as well. So I've really worked the rocks over. All the rocks are about as big as a, ha- a reasonably sized house. Well, we had to go in the boat and swim. We, we went there and I thought, well, this will do. That's enough adventure. And then the next thing, you jump in the water. And I thought, he said, well, you're coming fishing or you're going to stand on the rock like a shag? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, well, and the fishing is so exciting. I've caught, oh, gee. I'm just trying to think. I've caught beautiful snapper there, probably the best, no bigger than five kilo, but I've caught quite a few of them. One of them, one time my friend and I, we got 16 snapper, and that took some uh, carrying home. But I also got a 65-pound mullaway. Kingfish, I just let, let them break the line and keep going. But there's always drummer and brim, and, and then the surface fish, of course, particularly big tail, big tailor and um, salmon. They're always hanging around. Um, you never know really what you're going to get. Uh, yeah. I got a black cod that would have been at least 10 pound. It was a, a beautiful yeah. big fish that we gently let go, of course, but um, that was yeah. a surprise. It was a big surprise. Yeah, yeah. And it was a beautiful fish. And I remember how much effort it took to pull to the surface too. They don't like to come off the bottom, those cod. No, they well, we, we were catching... We are catching a lot of big drama, so, you know, I initially thought it was a big drama, but then this beautiful big creature came up. Yeah, 
with his mouth wide open. I do remember that. Yes, that's true. I have had some extraordinary experiences there. When I'm, Before I actually anchored in there, I used to swim, and I'd swim before the sun come up. And one morning, I'm by myself, I would be by myself, and I swam onto the rock, and I walked straight into a bull seal. Oh, my there goodness. He was on the rock, and I walked. Oh, I didn't actually bump him. I reckon I was probably a, a metre from him before we both realised what was going on, <laughs> and we were equally as startled as each other. So he dived into the water, and I took three steps backwards. <laughs> it was a quite, it was something really special. And, of course, I think I've mentioned the old bloke, who I only saw once in my entire life. I saw an old bloke. I was fishing off the front of Tommy one as the sun was coming up, and I heard this scratching behind me on the rock, not expecting anything or anybody to be there. And I turned around, and here's this elderly bloke. I don't know. He'd be, oh, I don't know, late 70s probably. And he's crawling along the rock. He was wet. He'd already been for a swim and come over onto the rock. And then he had a hessian bag, which he took a hand line out. Then he twirled it around and around, and he threw it way out to sea. He caught two, sna- uh, two snapper on whiting fillets for bait, and then he put the snapper in the bag, jumped back in the water, and I've never seen him again. <laughs> then I, I just sit there scratching my head. But that was only one one incident. There's been every time you go there, and I plan to go there in the near future again, it's just so exciting. It's Stinker with tales of, of Tommy Rock on the Big Fish. And we caught some lovely big drummer. We caught four or five beautiful big drummer, which are just the greatest fun off the rocks. It's just arm-to-arm, hand-to-hand combat with a with an LV reel, and you just hang on. And then a couple of stonking big brim, like the, the ones you usually catch in that surf zone. Um, and, and then a couple of snapper, small, smaller snapper, nice, uh, you know, plate-sized, legal-sized snapper, a squire, really, a stinker. And then, then we put them in an old canvas... Have a sack. Uh, you strap that onto your back and you jump back in. And I thought he's going to go to the bottom with all those fish, but you made it across, back into stink pot, back home, cleaned them up, and uh, job done. Uh, early morning adventure. Yes, well, that, I went mad on drummer for a while. I have sort of I go through phases, and uh, you know I've gone through the lot. Why think that? Ted? Well, I actually started with brim. I think everybody starts with brim. Oh, we're going to go brim fishing in the dark with a bucket of mullet gut. Yeah, that's where you start. And then you branch off from that. You go for fishing for whiting with yabbies and worms. And then you go um, flathead fishing with frogmouth pilchards or white pilchards on small gang hooks. And then you progress. If you go out through the heads, you go out and fish for drummer. Then, you you know, you're, you're always going through something. Taylor, of course, have always been a focus of, of attention, particularly in the north, uh, up in the far north coast. Uh, I've avoided a few fish. I try to avoid uh, salmon and I try to avoid kingfish. Um, but I, and then, of course, I went mad on Mulloway. Oh, Mulloway, I was catching thrumpers. Like one season, I remember, I got five over 65 pounds. They were the biggest fish you've ever seen. <laughs> and my, my wife said to me, what are you doing this for? This is just silly. We can't eat these fish. And she was right, you know. So from then I never I quit. I retired from Mulloway fishing. Yeah, that's right. I tell you what though, that one that you swam back with, with from Tommy Rock, that must have been 
an epic fight because there's huge bommies there and it's really rough country and there's big fissures in the rock where the water uh, swirls and foams and spray and, you know, there's not much room there to, to land or, or even fight a big mulloway. Oh, you can sort of work it out. But, um, yeah, I got him. He was over 65 pounds too. That was a very big fish. And you can't lift them, of course. So you've got to go down the water's edge and then you grab them under the gill plates and lift and lift them up onto higher ground. But then you've got to swim the mulloway back Onto, onto the main island. Well, <laughs> I watched a show on um, surf, Bondi Surfing or something. Bondi Rescue. Is, yeah, or something like that. <laughs> One of an old show. And so I got my arm around the, the Mulloway, jumped in the water and did the old side stroke. You know the side yeah, stroke? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a lifesaver. It, it must have been a sight because really it looked like I was saving somebody. Uh, anyway, <laughs> but that, yeah... And the snapper, oh, gee. Oh, because I was taught by a champion, and and he showed me uh, how to start it off. He started me off on there in 1975 or 76. And um, I've been, but recently, in recent years, I um, don't even bother going into the rock pool because I anchor where the snapper and the mulloway and all the fish are. And so I can actually catch the fish without getting too wet. And and so what I've been explaining to you over the last few years is fishing in the same spot but out of a boat and not off the rocks. But but you often throw right up into the, the crack too, don't you, and, and uh, hang on, have a, have a bit of a prospect up there before anchoring. Oh, yeah. Well, there's always fish in there, always, because it's absolute... If you're a fish, that's where you'd be. That makes a lot of sense. Um, but you've got to also work out your wind. You've got to work out your wind and the wind strength and the current and the surge and the swell where it's going to wash you because there's no there's no room for making a mistake. There's no room for error. So you keep the motor running in your boat and then you pitch. You've got to use a bit of lead more than you normally would, but you've got to have the lead to be able to throw the distance and you need the lead to get down underneath the white water as well. I mean, I prefer to fish with no lead, but it wouldn't work. So you need to throw it. So from the eastern side of the crack, or with a nor'easterly blowing, well, that, that's uh, pretty much the best way, or a sub. It doesn't really matter because you're throwing direct west. That's where you're throwing. But oh, there was a big westerly there one time, so I thought I'd try to go around the other side of the crack and throw from the from the western side with the wind at my back. Now I got two. I got two that were one was three kilo and the other one was four kilo. And I thought, how good is this? Until a big a big wave come around the corner, went straight over the top of me, and half filled the boat, half filled stink pot with water. <laughs> so there I was. Oh dear, oh dear. And then I spent the next half hour bailing the boat here. <laughs> it's a wild place. It it really is, but that's why the fish are there, isn't it? Because of the that that action, all the food coming in off the rocks. It's and the other thing that's really weird about that spot is we got eaten alive by mosquitoes. Now, what what are they eating when they're living right out at sea on a rock? Yeah, 
Well, I've often wondered, what do they eat if I'm not there? That, that's it. There doesn't seem to be anything that would sustain them. But I must tell you another tip I went out there. I'm always thinking about these rocks. They're, they're really, they. I, I dream about them. At night time, <laughs> two o'clock in the morning, Tommy Rock turns up in my in my dream. Like, what are you doing here? Anyway, I uh, on one occasion, I decided to fish off the third rock, Tommy Rock 3, which is the most southern rock. Now, rather than to uh, tether the boat and then to, to do two swims, I decided I was going to anchor off the Tommy Rock 3 and then dive in and swim towards the rock. And then there'd be a big surge. And as, as the surge washed me up, I'd grab the rock like I was a crab and then the water would drop back and there I was clung to the rock. Now, that was the game plan. But I also um, swam with a rope so that I could pull the boat towards me or, as I did, I had a bag. I put all my fish in the bag, tied the rope to the bag. Then I pulled myself along the rope to call back into the boat. And then I put the, uh, I pulled the, the rope and the bag toppled into the water and I pulled it back into the boat. You know, there's only one way that you can get into an 11-foot tinny um, in deep water. And it's not from the side and it's not from the back. You might think, oh, you can climb up the motor. Well, I can't. And I tried both sides and that didn't work. So what you've got to do, um, it's good if you've got flippers on, but you don't always have flippers on. But you get the nose of the boat and at the same time you push the nose of the boat down, you swim like crazy and kick. You say you're trying to launch yourself out of the water. And as high as you can get then, you put your chest on the nose of the boat and then pull yourself in from the nose side. That's the only way I've ever been able to do it. Wow, that's a, a good tip. And and we must say, you know, this sort of stuff, it, it's it's not easy. It, it's uh, quite dangerous in many ways if you don't know what you're doing. Um, but I guess you're also within swimming distance of the rock. And, and if the boat did go down and everything went to pear-shaped, you could, you know, walk home. Oh, yeah. I never never worried about that. Um, I mean, I, as I mentioned, I, I swim like a house brick. But if with a life, ja- life jacket on or a vest, you got to, you know, you have a vest. And then if something goes wrong, well, you 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 dog paddle onto the island and then you walk across the island and you go across the spit, walk around the beach and then go home. I mean, there's no big deal. I mean, it'd be uncomfortable and sort of, uh, you know, maybe a bit embarrassing. But, <laughs> but really, no, I've never ever concerned about that. But I mean, the amount of, of just to get there and experience the whole deal, and there's no one else there. There's no one else within Cooey. You're out there all by yourself. And one time I remember, I caught some magnificent snapper. I had probably oh, maybe half a dozen. And I this was a, oh, this was a long time ago. And then I put them in the bag and I went back up to the lighthouse. This was actually prior to 1991 when the, when the lighthouse residence burnt down, very sadly. And I used to sleep in the long grass in there. I'd curl up in the long grass and then in the morning I'd swim back over to King Tommy 
catch a few more fish, pick up my bag and then go home. That was my plan. But this one particular night, I'm sleeping in the long grass, happily snoozing away, and then the lighthouse keeper, who him and his mate got on the rum, and they went crackers, and they started running around and whooping and carrying on. I know them, Basil, Basil Smith and the artist. I know them really well. <laughs> but they trod on me. Oh, dear me. Bobby Tyndall, the artist and a fantastic artist as well. He trod on me. Well, I jumped up out of the long grass at 3 o'clock in the morning. Poor old Bob, he went weak in the knees and ended up sitting in the long grass himself. He said, I thought you were a ghost. He He said, I thought I was done for. And they said, never, ever sleep in the long grass again. You come into the house and there's a, um, a bath in there. You can have a hot bath. There's flush toilet and there's a nice bed. Don't ever bother us again. <laughs> I just love it. So crazy on the rum. <laughs> oh, oh dear, oh dear. Yahoo and a whoopee, whoopee, and a carrying on. They were young. They were, they were getting on a bit, but by golly, they had a real. They were on a bender. <laughs> Hey, Sticker, it's always great to catch up. Love the stories. Tight lines, mate. We'll catch you next week. Hey, Scott. Off to fish the Illawarra next with Rob Paxavanis on The Big Fish. It's The Big Fish and it's off to the Illawarra with Rob Paxavanis. A great city, Wollongong. A great area and fish-rich, Paxi, and it's an old stomping ground of yours, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, mate. I, I love it down there. I love love the lake, love the estuaries, amazing beaches and, and the offshore. And we also uh, indulged in a bit of uh, bass fishing around Jamboree as well, So, which is which was remarkably good. So, yeah, big show coming up on Sunday. Isn't the hinterland beautiful, that escarpment and those beautiful forests and the streams? I mean, there's some lovely places. It's not very far up the hill to catch a trout too, but particularly after the three wet years we've had. Oh yeah, yeah, trout up on the escarpment and you know the more you travel around the country the more you realise that um, some of your backyard spots like, like the Illawarra, that, that escarpment does cut so close and yeah, you, you know, it's it's just magnificent and it's surprising uh, the the number and size of bass that you can get, you know, in, in around those little creeks that uh, come off the escarpment, you know, just, just clunkers, mate. Because I think it's a good crossover area too. The biggest King George whiting I've ever seen was one of our listeners off Balambi Point out at sea on a, an inshore reef who caught a 65-centimetre one. Uh, yeah. That, <laughs> yeah as long as his arm. Mate, that's, I know. Imagine, catch, if you caught that just before Christmas, you've, you've, you're sorted because that's, they're, they're just about more expensive than crayfish. They, they are a magnificent fish to eat. But, yeah, look, we... We chased, um, there was three main topics we did. We fished Lake Illawarra for flathead with a guy called Lenny Snowden. Now, Lenny's that salt-of-the-earth guy, um, really well-known in the Illawarra. He was in a in an accident in the steelworks um, uh, and um, still surfs and takes kids fishing. And, um, yeah, no, so we just just a champion bloke. So he takes takes a lot of kids out on the lake there. So we fished with him and, oh, God, Jesus, a laugh a minute. I won't spoil it. But we also... Um, we did the bass fishing uh, with Hugh Kearney, who's a, a guide on the south coast and, uh, again, a champion local fella. And then um, offshore for, for the mahi-mahi, which are just kicking in again. The, the, the hot currents are just coming down again now, so the timing's perfect. So 
they're the sort of three three main things that we did. And um, oh, what what you're 100 percent right. What a diversity of fishing in such a small area. You know, when you travel overseas, it it, it dawns on you that you know our mahi mahi, our bass, and and our, our our fishing is also close. You know, we really really are spoiled. Certainly are, certainly are. And what about launching spots for the Illawarra? What are the, the, the safe spots to go out? Can you go out from the main port? Uh, yeah, yes. You know, really, really good point. So I learned off Maritime that um, Balambi is the first major ramp heading south of Sydney. And a lot of people turn up there first thing in the morning, big, big, uh, very important for Sydney side of this and, and locals. For visitors, it's, it's treacherous. There's been a lot of accidents at Balambi. Because if you head straight out from the ramp, you get you leave the little uh, cove there and head straight out. There's a reef there, so we spoke with Maritime and they, you know, highlighted the importance of knowing maps. You know, checking your charts before you go to a new area. So easy to hit that reef. Just be safe because you know we've got a long, long life of fishing ahead of us. You know, we just don't want to rush it and see people hurt. All right, and Paxi, can uh, people can see that on Fishing Australia this weekend? Their uh, Illawarra special. Yeah. Sunday, twelve thirty on on Channel Nine and win, and, and a big big safety component in there amongst all the amazing. Fish Excellent. And next up. week we're catching up yeah. with your brilliant daughter who wrote a yeah, fabulous yeah. bestseller when she was in primary school uh, on kids and fishing, and now she's gone to the next level. Done it again, mate. Kids fishing next level, and we only they're just hot off the press. We've got a copy coming down for you, but monstrous fish help with our best anglers from all Australia and. A real emphasis on getting kids off the screens and inspiring them to get out and spend time in the nature chasing these fish. That's uh, Haley Paxavanis, who's twice as good as a dad and oh, uh, and the most popular kid at school because she knows how to bait a hook, she knows how to tie a knot, she knows how to rig a lure and yeah. uh, you don't need any mansplaining, you don't need any boys to... <laughs> she's better than all of them and uh, is made of the king of the school. Hey, tight lines, Paxi, we'll catch you next time. We'll catch you next week with Haley. Uh, yeah, I really look forward to it. It's going to be a very special episode, mate. You know when you need to get out of the car, but you can't pull yourself away from what's happening on ABC Radio? Break free with the ABC Listen app. It goes with you, so you don't miss a thing. Download the free ABC Listen app today. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. You can discover more ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.